TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dukey-Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. I must really like the sound of my own voice. Why else would I be back just a day after recording Scoop Podcast episode 333? Jokes aside, there is a legit reason why I am back. I caught up with Wolves President of Operations Gerson Rosas for a while. Earlier today, I will bring you that conversation in just a bit. But shameless plug in case you haven't checked out. Scoop Podcast episode 333 from Thursday night, the 11th of February. We had conversations with Ellerson Smith, Minneapolis native, NFL draft prospect, Northern Iowa, Ron Gardenhire, former Twins and Tigers manager, Bryce Dixon, Nelson Cruz's agent. He peeled back a bunch of layers, gave us great detail on how the deal came about, how Nelson Cruz is back with the Twins, how close did Nelson Cruz come to leaving the Twins, and we caught up with local boxer Caleb Truax. He reviewed his championship fight against Caleb plan. So check that out. Plus, I had some notes in that podcast. We still await word on Matt Shoemaker, a free agent pitcher the Twins have made an offer to. I don't really have anything else pressing to to get out of the way here. Nothing in my figurative notebook. So if you need some notes, I had some notes about Gophers Pro Day, local Super Bowl ratings, the Shoemaker note. That's in Scoop Podcast episode 333. This is episode 334. It won't go 90 minutes like episode 333. It'll just be the Rosas conversation. So here is my conversation from earlier today with the Wolves boss, Gerson Rosas. He joined from his hotel room in Charlotte. Gerson, let me start with with a heavy-hitting question. I saw that that Malik Beasley gifted players and staff beats by Dre. Were were you among that that received that gift? <laughs> I, I was among the uh, the group that benefited from his kindness. But we we've got a great group of players, uh, Malik being one of them, and and our other guys. You know, whenever there's a special opportunity, those guys try to give back. And uh, it's it's nice, Doogie, you're around sports. Like, I, I think for our staff, for our guys that work so hard to make sure that our players and our team are operating, those are nice little things that go a long way for them. So it's, it says a lot about Malik and, and our guys that they take care of our people. Yeah, I mean, on that, Gerson, I mean, it does speak, right, to, to... – you know, the, the chemistry is still there. I mean, you know, presumably with the record you guys have, I'm, I'm sure there's there's some disagreements. There's there's some hiccups. It's not always, you know, you guys holding hands, singing Kumbaya, but but a gesture like that, Gerson, yeah. it seems to me that that at least there's there's enough cohesion. No, there, there is. There is. And, and, you know, nobody wants to 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 lose games and. Uh, there is, uh, you know, there's an edge to guys because they want to win, and that's good. I, I want guys not to be happy with where we're at, but we've got a high character group of guys who care about each other, care about the organization, and care about our mission. I mean, I, I wish I had time to talk about all the things that they do, but these guys take good care of themselves and our staff. I mean, they buy meals, you know, and in a time, Doogie, where we can't all be together all the time. Uh, our guys find ways to take care of guys, whether it's meals on the road where they get delivered to rooms or, you know, food uh, at home, special situations to commemorate special times. Uh, our guys are, are very sensitive to that. And they know there's a lot of peaks and valleys on this journey and we're sticking together through it all. 
I mean, it seems to trickle down. I remember highlighting Nas Reed, right? I mean, now Nas is a rotation guy for you, but it's not like he's one of your your star, you know, headline type players. I remember in the summer back in, I think it was his home state of, of New Jersey, somewhere out east. I mean, he he gifted a, a bunch of food to, to a bunch of healthcare workers. So, I mean, it just, it does seem like that, that a lot of your guys do like giving back. No, it's something that, that we really preach in our organization. We're all blessed to do what we do and be where we're at. Uh, but that comes with a responsibility and uh, we have an opportunity to help others around us, especially in such a trying time like now. There's a lot of need. Uh, there's a lot of necessity and our guys are committed, whether it's to our community in, in Minnesota and Minneapolis or to their home communities. You know, it's it's our job and at this time to do what we can to help our communities as best as we can. Back to Malik Gerson. Is there any direction from the league? What what may or may not take place in terms of a suspension with with you know the closure this week with the with the sentencing? Yeah, you know it was good to get the closure this week. The league is still working through it. Uh, we haven't heard from our end. Uh, I'm sure at some time the league will process it and uh, we'll be notified. But as of now, we're still taking it day to day. So we're about what a little past the one third mark of the season. You know, slowly approaching the one half mark. What what I guess overall just stands out to you so far. Uh, you know, at this point, it's, it's you know, I, I don't like to talk about excuses because there's 30 NBA teams going through the same thing right now. Uh, but what stands out is we wanted to be more competitive this year and we wanted to take a step forward. And uh, unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. Uh, but we got to do better uh, in terms of our wins and losses. And that record speaks for itself. Uh, there is a lot of good development that's going on. Uh, with in our young guys and where the program is going. Uh, but we need more of it. You know, we've got, even though we've had injuries and COVID and everything else, we have enough on this team, on this roster to have a better record. And I know Coach and his staff and me and my staff are doing all we can to make sure we get to that point. We need some consistency and we need more identity on both sides of the ball. And, you know, with young guys, you're going to get some inconsistencies uh, from time to time. But we like our guys. I mean, the development from our guys top to bottom, uh, from guys that are the second year in the program and the, the growth that they're showing, our rookies uh, being put in situations where they're being put there. It speaks a lot to our future, but it just means that in the present, we got more work to do and we've got to find ways to be consistent and to get this thing turned around as soon as possible. I'll get to both sides of the ball. I'll get to some of those individuals, but like, how do you balance? I mean, I struggle with this, Gerson. As you can imagine, my my social media feeds are, are being blown up, right? A lot of frustrated fans. Now, hey, I appreciate the passion, right? The last thing you and I need, right, for what we do, our professional livelihood, right? Like, we don't need an apathetic fan base. So I appreciate their passion. But, like, it is legit that you guys are the youngest roster in the league. It is legit that Cats only played – you know, what is it now? Five games that Ked and D'Lo have only played together for what? Five games, one going back to last year, four this year. So like, that's reality. Those are facts. But then like, I think about the San Antonio game, Gerson, right? Up 16, 10 minutes to go. Like you can't lose that game. I think about the Orlando game. Like you can't lose that game, but I struggle. So I don't know where, where you stand on that, but like I struggle, you know, reality versus, you know, like trying to avoid making all these excuses. No, I, I appreciate you referencing that, Dewey, because there's some reality there. But I know as we operate here, like we have to be better. And those challenges are real. Those struggles are real. Uh, but good teams, as they build out, 
find ways to overcome that. And you're a hundred percent right, Doogie. Like I, I want our fans to be passionate and when we're not winning, they shouldn't be happy. I not, you know, we're not happy. I'll tell you, nobody's more frustrated, disappointed, and upset than the people in this organization because they want to put the best product forward. They want to put the best team together, and we want to be successful. So I, I you know, I welcome that. I, I don't want our fans to be. I want them to be tuned in uh, to understand what's going on. And if they're not happy, they're not happy, and they should voice their displeasure. And we hear it, we feel it, but I guarantee you, nobody is going through it as hard as we are. And it's just. You're to your point on the games, Doogie. Like we we games that we're favored, we have to take care of business. Games that we have leads, uh, especially in the fourth quarter, we got to finish those games out. We've got to play complete 48 minute games, and we're not doing that right now. And there's a number of different excuses that we can use, but the bottom line is you put yourself in a position to win. You got to find a way to finish those games, and that's what we're preaching internally from all angles, whether it's our players, our coaches, our staff. How do we do it? How do we approach it? Um, strategy. What are we learning from each game? How can we be better? Uh, but that's something that's a fire that's burning here harder than than anywhere else. But I understand. I understand our fans and, and it's good. Hey, until we win, until we prove we can be consistent, that's going to be a reality on your offense. Like the net rating, I don't know what it is today, but it's I mean, it's right there at the bottom. But like, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you'll know the analytics better than I will, but. I like a lot of the shots that you guys are getting. Now, maybe those guys just aren't good shooters, you know, so we can debate that. But I like a lot of the shots you're getting. Like, where do you stand on that? Do you agree or disagree when it when it comes to your offensive rating and, and how low it is? But, but you know, maybe some of these shots will start going. Uh, part of that is context. I, I do feel like, uh, you know, we we're getting good shots, but it's how do you get them? I, I don't think we're playing fast enough to our pace. And even though you're taking the right shots, you're not taking them at the right moments. A lot of those shots, while they're at the right locations, could be defended or it could be by uh, individuals that maybe are forced into those shots. So we got to do a, a consistent job of making sure that we're playing at the right pace, that the ball's moving bodies are moving and the right guys are taking those shots. And when you take a guy out like Carl Anthony Towns from your offensive mix, it really changes how you play offensively. And to be fair to that, uh, I give coach and his staff credit because we are getting to the right things. It's are we getting the right personnel in the right way at the right time? And having Carl back will help a lot in that regard in terms of how we play. And you're talking about, you know, the best shooting big in the league and uh, a guy that really neutralizes a lot of defenses and helps other guys play better uh, on that side of the ball. So we're doing some good things. We're getting to some good actions. But at the end of the day, it's about consistency. And uh, I, I do feel we have, uh, you know, quality offensive players on this team that we should be maximizing at a higher level. And our ranking shouldn't be where it's at there. But it is what it is until we change it. And that's our focus moving forward. Who are some of those guys? I mean, offensively, you're seeing the development and the growth of of not only our young guys, but some of our vets. I mean, Malik Beasley's having the best year of his career and the things that he's doing day in and day out are, are pretty incredible. Um, you know, I look at some of our, our second year guys and guys like Nas Reed, who's becoming a consistent guy offensively, both in terms of his scoring, his shooting, uh, his overall ability. You've got a guy like Anthony Edwards who's finding his way into this league. Uh, and becoming an attacker. He's becoming a more consistent shooter uh, with the ability to play, Mick, which is important to us. And then you have a guy like Jalen Noel, 
who was really providing a lot of great offense off the bench, a lot of shooting, a lot of consistency. I'm disappointed with some of the injuries, you know, especially a guy like uh, Jared Culver, uh, who had had a solid start to the season and was coming on maybe more defensively than offensively. But it's different guys that fit our system well. Uh, D'Angelo has had some some good points early on in the season. And, you know, his ability to, to run the offense with Cat is something that we still need more time with. Without Cat is something that, you know, coach and the staff have been trying to be creative to get the most out of that group, out of that unit. Uh, guys like Ricky Rubio, as he comes along, uh, the ability to play at a pace, he gives us that playmaking, that creativity that we've been lacking. So, uh, the ability to continue to move the program forward, to continue to do the right things. And you see guys coming into their roles, you know, Jaden McDaniels and his ability to be a spot shooter and be a creator, Jordan McLaughlin and his continual development as a point guard in this league and his ability to, you know, put us in a position to play how we play. Uh, you know, there's, there's growth there, but we need it together and we need it consistent. On Rubio, he's been maddening, Gerson. Like, I know there's more there. I'm positive there's more there, but like, are there any lasting effects from, from his battle with COVID in the summer? Like I'm, I'm trying to just describe his, his issues. Like how, how do you describe his issues? You know, to, to be fair, it's, it's, it's a maddening season, Doogie. And it's tough because I think it's treated rookies unfairly and that there wasn't a development cycle preseason, but it's also treated veterans harshly. Like, we didn't have the uh, two-month ramp up to the season where you typically have off-season workouts and then preseason uh, games, uh, let alone preseason time. And guys like Ricky, I put D'Angelo, Juancho uh, in that group, those guys have a rhythm in terms of not only how you work to get ready for the season, uh, but how you maintain your season. And that's been tough on those guys. It's been tough on their bodies because – Every day there's either a game or we're traveling. And uh, to be fair, 29 other teams are facing the same thing. And the ability to adjust on the fly and to stay healthy, to stay uh, conditioned, to recover, to work out, there's really no practice time. Uh, shoot arounds are tough nowadays because with testing now, you're going straight into walkthroughs, into games. So that part of the puzzle is different and I'm confident in those guys. I'm confident in our vets. I'm confident in D'Angelo, in Ricky, uh, in Juancho and those guys that have started off slow. It's just going to take more time. And uh, unfortunately the schedule is not kind to get in a rhythm and those guys are rhythm guys, but we've got to find a way to get them uh, in, in, you know, as healthy as possible uh, with the most juice as possible so we can move forward and and uh, and they can play better and we can play better because they're big parts of what we're doing. I'm with you on time, but you know this, Gerson, the fan base just doesn't want to hear that, right? Like you've only been here for now, not even two years, but like this fan base has been beaten down for so long, a lot of it prior to your arrival, but like time is not something a lot of the fans have. No, and, and I get that. Everybody wants to do it overnight, but the reality is we're, we're not going to, we're not going to take shortcuts. We're not going to skip steps just because we want, you know, I'm not going to make a trade for the sake of adding another win. We do need more improvement. We do need to be more consistent. And I get that. And, and I feel that from, from the fans and, and from the media. And that's important to us. Like nobody here is not trying to win, but we do have young players that we want to be the team, you know, two, three, four years from now that you can look back and say, hey, these guys were grown. They were developed by this organization. They fit the system. They play the right way and they do 
the things that need to be done to produce a winning product. And that takes time. And, and I hear it. We, we've had opportunities where we should be better in terms of wins and losses. And we need, and that's on us. Like that's, that's not about time. That's about us executing better and having better results. There's still opportunity for us to do that. Those things in this season, there's a high focus and a high perspective on what's left for this season. And we want to make sure not only do we get better, but we become more consistent in that results and wins. Although the weird thing Gerson is like at this point, like if you can take the 40% chance to land, you know, that, that top three pick, like that's a, that's an odd situation. Like, but this draft looks so good, Gerson. Like I'm thinking if, if you can give yourself the best chance to land one of those top three picks, not have to give the pick to the Warriors. I don't think that would be the worst, you know, possible outcome. I mean, I've, I've learned a long time ago, Doogie, like you don't mess with, you don't mess with the sport. Like you compete every day, you build good habits and you let the chips fall where they may. At the end of the day, things will happen the way they're supposed to happen, but we can't change our character. We can't change our habits for the sake of, of a draft pick or the future. If we do the right things, the right things will happen to us. It's, it's a matter of, of pain right now because we're not seeing those results, but we're doing the right things and over time, the right things will happen. It's a small sample size of one game, but like I thought the energy on Wednesday, maybe it was all about Cat's return, but I thought you guys actually did a lot of good things on Wednesday, especially in that first half. I thought maybe the lead should have been more than six, but like just, you know, the way you guys were contesting shots, I just thought that the energy level on Wednesday was was significantly better than I had seen the previous few weeks. Would would you agree with that? And is that just the, the Cat effect? Uh, I think Cat had a, a ton to do with it. Uh, Anytime you get your best player back on the floor, it changes everything that you do. But I, I do think at this stage, like we're falling into a little bit of a rhythm, which I know we've talked about. That's been an issue early in the season. But guys now 20 games in, 20 plus games in are feeling, you know, what they need to do to get their bodies right, where they need to do to get their minds right. And how do we need to be prepared day in and day out to execute? Uh, but it's tough. You know, that was a great Clippers team that we battled uh, with all night and you know they uh, they took care of business down a stretch but um, that's why you know we talked about earlier you got to win the games you're supposed to win you got to win the games where there's a lead and you, you put yourself in a good position you got to put you know you got to finish those games out so you don't have you know the pressure of being in a situation like you have to win a game against anybody because it's hard winning a game in the NBA is very difficult and then you got to give yourself the best chance by executing to your strengths as much as possible. Gerson, how do you define your offensive system when your offense is humming? What what exactly does it look like? I mean, ideally, we want to play fast. We want to be efficient. We want to be strategic, and we want to play through our best players. We do feel like our offense has, uh, or I should say our roster has more offensive-based players, and we haven't unlocked them yet. Part of it is the continuity. Part of it is the rhythm. Part of it is guys not being together. Plays fast. We want to be a team that attacks. We want to be a team that takes the right shots. Uh, and that really is a lot of, of our foundation of how we play because we can put a lot of pressure on other teams when we play that way. And on nights when we've had success, we've shown that. And when we don't, when we don't play together, when we don't, uh, when the ball's not moving, bodies aren't moving, uh, that exposes us because we don't have enough independent uh, isolation talent to just score on our own and win games. That's, that's not who we are. You brought up Culver's name. I know he's out tonight, but. Could we see him Sunday? If not Sunday, maybe next Tuesday, or is it still, you know, further out? 
So he's he's on the trip with us here. Uh, he's uh, on the court doing more activity, but I still think we're probably, depending on how he returns, we're probably looking at another week or 10 days. That, that ankle was pretty bad and we're working through it. But he's anxious to get back out on the court. Uh, he's doing more basketball activity, which is great. Uh, but it's it's tough. You you want to make sure everybody's on the court together. And then D'Angelo not on the trip, so the earliest he would be back is Tuesday. We're we're looking at it. We left him back. I think part of this this soreness or this tendonitis on his on his other leg is some overcompensation for the other injury. But we want to make sure we get that checked out. And we want to make sure that, you know, we can get him back in shape. And it's, it's, it's such a big rhythm thing with these guys in terms of treatment, in terms of recovery, in terms of health. So we're making sure we, we're evaluating everything and he's getting an opportunity to recuperate. But we're, uh, you know, both of those guys, the sooner we can get him back, the better. Yeah, I mean, like, how do you handle your emotions with that? Like, like <laughs> Kat was Mr. Durable, Gerson, pre your arrival. And since your arrival, like, He's missed all these games. Now we're just we're 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 aching to see Cat and D'Lo together. Now D'Lo is out. Like it's just it seems it, to be one thing after another. I have to I have to practice what I preach to our players, which is you got to control what you can't control, and you can't lose your mind about the things you can't control. But it's you know it, it's more a product of this this season than anything. Uh, to be fair to not only our guys, but a ton of guys around the league. Like if you look up around the league, there's a ton of injuries. There's a ton of, of, of rest. There's a ton of recovery. There's it's, it's just a hard time to play. And to be fair, and, and I said this before Doogie, but it's nobody's fault, but it's everybody's problem. And uh, you know, we're a very competitive group here. It's, it's very difficult not to have our whole group and not to be uh, fully able to go out and compete, but we have enough. The guys that are on the court, the, the guys that are on this roster, we have enough to be a competitive and winning team, and that's our focus day in and day out uh, with whoever is ready to go when it's game time. There is a belief, though, Gerson, that the D'Lo injury is not a long-term injury? We, we hope not. I mean, I think it's a, just a matter of, you know, checking him out, seeing how he's doing. And we want to get him on the court uh, as healthy as possible. We want to get him and Kat together as much as we can. But we want to make sure we're cautious. You know, we had an, an injury in one leg and now we've got an overcompensation in the other. So we just got to get him right and make sure he gets on the court healthy as soon as possible. How do you evaluate the job that Ryan has done? I think, you know, if, if people could see, especially our fans, how passionate and how hard Ryan works. There's nobody that wants this program to be as successful as he does. And it's tough. Um, him and his staff day in and day out are focusing on everything that they can in order to help us to be successful. And I know they hurt as much as everybody hurts when we lose a lead or when we lose a game. And that's frustrating and that's disappointing. But I know he's fully committed to what the work that we have to do. I think right now, in terms of uh, the work that he's done, you're seeing it more in the development of our young guys and how those young players are playing and being successful. But uh, and it's it's frustrating. Like it's it's not fair for our fans. It's not fair for Glenn Taylor. It's not fair for Ryan Saunders or myself when you don't have your best players on the court and you're not able to execute the vision of the team that you have. But that's a reality we have and we have to continue to work through it. You know, nobody's dropping their heads. There's nobody here that's that's stopping the work that needs to be done. But collectively, we all have to move forward and we have to push this organization forward as best as we can. You brought up Glenn. How's how's the synergy with Glenn? I mean, 
Glenn did tell me on, on December 23rd, Gerson, his expectation. Now, he has said this many times. He's an optimist by, you know, by nature. But his expectation is the playoffs this year. Hey, you, you know Glenn a lot better than I do. You've been around him a lot longer. But he's a competitive guy. He wants to win. He wants this organization to be successful. And he's not happy about where we're at. You know, he wishes we had we were further ahead in terms of winning and taking care of business when we need to take care of. But he understands the big picture. He looks at everything that we're doing. He and I have a very uh, transparent relationship in terms of what's going on with our organization. So he sees the good and the bad, uh, the growth and the development and where we're at as an organization, where our philosophy is at. He's been incredibly supportive. Uh, he's been with us every step of the way. So he understands uh, what we're going through. Um, he, like myself, want us to be further ahead and want us to be more successful. And that's something that we're working on day in and day out. How do you evaluate your team's defense? I'll tell you this much. When Jada McDaniels is in there, I like your defense a lot more. Yeah, I mean, to be to be fair to our coaches, you know, we talked about this offseason about adding more defensive personnel. And you typically don't think about a rookie uh, being a, a defensive guy that can help you early on in his career. But uh, he's he's a special talent. And, you know, the shot blocking, uh, the rebounding, just the feel for the defensive help side on that floor is something that's pretty special. But you know, as a whole, we've, we've, we've worked hard to try to find our identity. Our coaches have been very creative in terms of our, our different schemes. We've had uh, more success than not this season playing zone, which you see a lot of teams do now. And you look at Toronto, they won a championship playing zone. So a lot of it is just a maximization of your personnel. And we're trying to give our guys uh, more uh, raw uh, players that, that can help more on the defensive end we just have to get to a system in a unit that does it consistently but whether it's you know and, and there's guys that you don't re re realize it but Anaz Reed is becoming a better defender and he's becoming a better rebounder which is the reason why he's able to get on the floor more Jared Vanderbilt and the energy and the rebounding that he brings on the floor and his activity now with Cat back I think you know we, we're able to use him in a more strategic manner where he can play to that strength with his energy. Uh, and, and, and our young guys like J.O. Josh has done an unbelievable job. He gets the top matchup night in and night out, and he deserves a lot of credit. But we're really missing Jared there and uh, his ability. I thought he gives us a guy that can guard point guards at a very high level. And when he went out, uh, you know, it exposed us some there because we can do a lot of switching uh, we can do a lot of uh, versatile things defensively that we're we're not able to do at this point right now. But we've got a lot of work to do there. It starts with with defense and rebounding on that end, and part of it is, uh, you know, Cat and the impact he has at the rim uh, and at the glass. We saw a pretty good glimpse of it in the Utah game and what he did to help us win that game uh, is important, and that's his mindset, that's his focus. Uh, but we also need to continue to get better. And uh, there's a couple of spots uh, on the roster that either it's through development or through finding ways to upgrade the roster that we have to continue to get better on that side of the floor. Nas will take charges. I like that. I'll hit you with a few more. On, on the upgrading of the roster, is this about the time that, that trade talks pick up? The deadline is what? Maybe a little less than six weeks away. But, you know, you have a 25-game sample size. Is this about the time that, that you're becoming more active, you know, whether, whether GMs are reaching out to you or you're reaching out to them? Yeah, no, there's been active communication around the league probably for the last two weeks. I think to your point, once you get to about that 20 game uh, point of the season, teams have a good feel for what they're going to do. I think one thing that's really hurt uh, transaction this year, it's 
with the free agent signings and the window of when those guys can be traded, uh, that really locked up the market. And part of it has unlocked uh, last week. Uh, the second part will come here in the next couple of weeks. So you'll see the league being more active uh, in terms of movement. But conversations are, are ongoing, especially in our situation. We want to make sure we're being aggressive and evaluating all options. Uh, any way we can up upgrade our team, we want to do it. We have some needs that we have to address uh, on both sides of the ball. So uh, our, our job never finishes there. And ideally that starts internally with our guys developing uh, and secondarily is looking for opportunities to improve and to get better and do the things that we need to do so we can be more successful and, and win, win some more games. Is the number one need just a little bit more size? Maybe that's a four man, but maybe that four man can also guard threes, you know, maybe has some position flexibility, but would that be about your number one need? Um, I, I would say it's pretty close. I mean, like like anything, the number one need is always, hey, can you get the best player available on the market? And that's our focus. Number two, I do think we have some some options there at the four. We want guys that have the opportunity to compete and play better. Uh, but if they're clear upgrades, we're always looking for that in any way so we can help move the program forward. And that's probably the position where we've had the most inconsistency uh, and the most need defensively and in terms of rebounding. Do you have, you know, full authority to, to do whatever you want? Like you call Glenn and say, hey, Glenn, I'm about to do this trade. Like has Glenn ever vetoed any of, of your ideas? Well, it's 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 more it's more a partnership than anything. And at the end of the day, this is Glenn Taylor's team. And uh, I make sure and, you know, I I, I give him as much information uh, on where we are as a team and what our options in the market are. And then at the end of the day, he and I talk through them and uh, we decide what's the best for this organization. But up to this point, he's been incredible in supporting uh, what we've tried to do, uh, you know, at, at every platform in terms of transactions. And he he understands our vision. He values uh, the plan that's in place and he wants us to continue to move forward. Uh, but we do that collaboratively and I make sure that he understands the implications of any deal that we make and both now and in the future. And uh, he, he has a lot of faith in the work that we're doing and the plan that we have in place. So we're doing this together and it's great. You know, you want ownership that's vested. You want ownership that is competitive and wants to do the right things by the, the organization. And we feel that support 100 percent. I get control what you can control, but like Glenn may end up selling at some point. Now we thought he would sell. Back in 2015, I thought other times along the way that he would sell. But like if there's a new majority owner, Gerson, I mean, that that would have a direct impact potentially on, on you know, your future, a lot of people's futures. So like, are you paying attention to what's taking place in that regard? Uh, I would say I'm, I'm fully informed, but Doogie, like I, I don't do this job for preservation. I'm, I'm passionate about what I do. I'm a I'm, I'm passionate about the Minnesota Timberwolves. I want to do everything within my power. And if I do the right things by this organization, I'll be here as long as I need to be here. But I'm fortunate for the opportunity I have. I don't chase jobs. I don't chase opportunities. I'm confident in my staff. I'm confident in the people we have here. And I'm very confident in the plan that we have in place. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, Glenn's been great uh, through this ownership process. And if at any point the team gets sold, uh, you know, we'll have conversations with the new owners, but as long as they're owners that are committed and are passionate and believe in what we're doing, good. And if they're owners that, that don't believe in what we're doing, then that's not going to work from my end or their end. And uh, I have no control over that. But what I do have control over is what we do day in and day out, what our staff is committed to, and we're doing the right things for the right reasons. And at the end of the day, 
I think that speaks volumes for the work that, that is going to be done and the results in the future. With you heading to Florida this weekend, will you get over to the G League bubble to scout? I will. I will. We're, we're fortunate there's, uh, there's, there's a day in between games where we'll be in Tampa and we'll get a chance to see our guys and see some practices and do some scouting. So uh, in this uh, COVID pandemic world, you've got to make the most of your travel, especially uh, with the team and to be, able, to be in proximity of Orlando and get to the bubble. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nice break for the scouting schedule. Do you just throw your arms up with that $10,000 fine? Like just what the heck were those guys doing now pre-COVID? You know, it probably was nothing, right? Some guys gathering in a hotel room, but the rules are the rules. But like no, you I, had to just throw your arms up saying, what the heck are you doing? Yeah, protocol is is protocol for a reason. And, and it's tough. Like you, you have to, as frustrating and as disappointing as it is, uh, we're dealing with human beings here. And I tell you, Doogie, it's it's a different time. And traveling on the road with the team, uh, those guys are in a bubble. I don't want to condone what they did, but I, I understand why uh, in, in a lot of ways. Like I tell you now, like when we're on the road, like we're in our in our rooms, uh, you know, I'd say 18 uh, hours a day. And uh, the only time you'll get that interaction is when you're on the floor and whether that's uh, a game or a shoot around. And I tell you, guys don't want to leave the floor uh, because they know you're going to go back uh, to your room and be confined uh, for a large period of time. So I understand the humanity of it. I understand the social interaction need. I understand some of those things. We have to follow, uh, NBA and G league protocols to keep, uh, everyone safely. And it's disappointing and it's frustrating, but it's tough. And I hate it for not only our players and our team, but 29 other teams and the things that we took for granted for such a long time, how you build chemistry, how you build camaraderie, uh, how you build relationships that's gone right now you know team meals and uh what you can do in certain markets uh it's it's tough and it's challenging but this is uh what we're faced with right now and we've got to abide by protocol and uh we'll learn from that situation and be better because of it but it is disappointing frustrating but you understand why some of these things happened uh not only with us but throughout the league i get it i mean we talked about it before i hit record right or something mental health I mean, that's something that just isn't talked about much, right? Like, I'll go all the way to, to you know, suicide, right? Like, the suicide rates are are through the roof. Nobody really wants to talk about that, that part of the pandemic. But, yeah, oh. I, I get it. Like, if those guys, you know, just needed, you know, some camaraderie, I do understand it. No, you're hitting on something that's probably for another talker show. But, you know, it's how we deal with uh, – you know, mental wellness is something that I think everyone is trying to do a better job of. But then you put it in an environment of the pandemic where you have individuals who are not used to are not used to dealing with those issues, and now you ramp up pressure a hundred times uh, with isolation, and you're trying to figure it out. Uh, we've been fortunate; we've got a great support staff with the Timberwolves, uh, whether it's Dr. Anderson or True Pettigrew or, or some of our other individuals who are trying to be proactive uh, with our players and not only the players, but the families. Like I, you know, I, 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 we're, we're doing everything possible. I know Ethan uh, is doing everything possible to get our families into games. Uh, you know, those interactions like, and, and it's tough. It's, it's, it's a tough time. And, and we're not the only ones, the public, the fans, the confinement in homes, the lack of interaction, kids uh, with schools and those situations. I mean, those are real. And it speaks to, 
a time that's difficult for not only our country, but our world and looking out for each other, uh, keeping in contact with other individuals as much as we can. It's important to your point, like, you know, the, the, the pains, the struggles, the situation that people are dealing with, we're not aware until unfortunately, sometimes it's too late. Last one. I appreciate your time. So are you getting to some college games as your staff getting to college games? Like you're allowed to go scout college games, right? But that's also a slippery slope if you want to send your your staff on the road and go to the airport and and all that stuff. Yeah, no, there's there's some restrictions, and more than not, it's market by market. Uh, we've done a ton of video scouting, so we're up to date on everything that we need to be prepared for. We have regional scouts who are covering in their market that are safe. But to your point, like I, I don't think with this virus and everything that's going on, uh, it's it's hard to put individuals in positions where their exposure either on flights or airports or hotels or interactions, unless it's a safe environment, unless uh, Dr. Sika has reviewed it and felt like, you know, we're not putting our guys at risk, we're not putting them at risk. But we are doing a ton of video. Uh, we are doing like the Orlando bubble is great. Anytime there's a platform that's secure and safe and league mandated, uh, we're being super thorough and diligent with those opportunities. But it's, uh, you know, in, in, in one sense, we've gotten some experience with last year's draft and the pandemic and everything that happened there. Uh, to prepare for this season. But to your point, I know you're doing something with schools already. There's nothing like being in a gym. There's nothing like being around the sport and and seeing it firsthand. And and it's tough. You know, you take those things for granted. And uh, once they're taken away from you, you realize how valuable they are. And uh, speaking of of losses, you know, Tom Kachowski, who uh, passed this week, is is a great example of that. Like, I, I was fortunate to have crossed paths with him and uh, to call him a friend. And uh, it's sad, like we're losing a generation of giants here that have done incredible things. And you don't have those interactions no more. You know, we'll be in New York here in 10 days. And usually, you know, I'd cross paths with him, but those opportunities are long gone. And uh, whatever is safe and we can put our guys in positions to do their job, they're doing it. Uh, but it is challenging. Uh, every situation, every market is different, and we're trying to stay up to date on all of it. I didn't know him, Gerson. I'm sorry for your loss. I did read Seth Davis's piece. I think oh, it was man. The Athletic. I mean, it, it just it sounds like he was just an incredible man. Oh, uh, he was. Dude, I tell you, the guy was so passionate about kids and basketball and giving them an opportunity to go to college. I, I don't think anybody paid him. He wasn't under any scouting service. He didn't have this big company. He wasn't affiliated with shoe companies or leagues or conferences. He's just an old school scout that love watching hoops and love helping kids. And uh, I don't think there'll ever be another one like him. Enjoy tonight. Hopefully LaMelo Ball doesn't doesn't tear it up. He's been pretty good, uh, Gerson. He's, he's looked good. Anthony's looked good, too. James Wiseman's looked good. I mean, it looks like this draft class, Tyrese Halliburton. I know you guys did all sorts of homework on Halliburton. I'm pretty well, sure you guys really liked him. Like this, this rookie class is pretty darn good. Dude, yeah, I was the voice in the desert talking about this class is good. It's talented, and I like to see all the guys in this group in this class. But we love, we love our guy Ant. We're excited about what he's doing now. We're excited about what he's doing in the future. And uh, every day is 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 more exciting. But it, it's great for our league. Anytime you get good players in our league, it's good for everybody. Gerson, thank you for doing this. Certainly, stay safe. All the best to you and your family. Thank you, Doogie. Appreciate the time. All the best to you and your family as well.
Timberwolves Pobo Gerson Rosas. He referenced Dr. Anderson. That's Dr. Justin Anderson. He is the Wolves sports psychologist. So yeah, I mean, we just don't talk about the mental well-being side of things very often, but the Wolves certainly are trying to help their players as much as they can. But yeah, like I talked to Gerson, he's in his hotel room in Charlotte. Like I was able to go nearly 40 minutes. Like I could have kept going, but didn't want to steal like way too much of his time. But it's not like he has a whole lot to do. I mean, he's catching up on some phone calls. He's doing some other Zoom calls, catching up with with his staff. But until he heads to the arena, like he's he's confined to his hotel room. Maybe a quick break to, to go grab a box to lunch. But like these guys are stuck in their hotel rooms. Now, hey, it beats the alternative, right? They're getting paid. This is one heck of a job to have. But like everybody's been impacted. I guess my point is everybody's been impacted by the pandemic one way or another. So certainly NBA personnel is not immune. Gerson will get a chance to head to the G League bubble. He'll watch the Iowa Wolves. Alonzo Trier had a good first game with the Iowa Wolves. There has been dialogue about finding a way to get him on the Wolves roster. The Wolves don't really hold any rights when it comes to Trier, but like if the Wolves end up buying out Ed Davis or trading Ed Davis before the trade deadline, that would create another roster spot. The Wolves do have an open roster spot right now, but do keep an eye on Trier, how Trier does in Orlando. I guess I would not be shocked if the Wolves find a way to add him to their roster. All right, we are done. Appreciate you listening. This has been a shortened version of the Scoop Podcast, at least in terms of what some of my other podcasts have been, an hour and a half or two hours long. Just wanted to get that Rosas interview posted as soon as possible. So have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy your Valentine's Day on Sunday. Stay safe. Stay sane.